0: Hello?
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Hey, I am... I'm doing okay. I think we've talked offline that life has been very hectic. I've even probably said that on the podcast. It's been a very long month. But you texted me the other day when I was in the midst of a really tough time. and You said, what do you need? And I just texted church. And I have to say that is exactly right. I have been filled up by connecting with fellow believers. And even though life is still hard, man, God's people are good and life is good because I am in community with them. So
1: that's my story. How are you? I am doing pretty good. It's been quite a week here uh, at our household. My son is now with Permit. And so we have been driving together. Oh. And that is something I know that a lot of parents are very anxious about this. You know, whenever I mention this to some folks, they're like, oh, how's that going? And I'm, I always <laughs> feel bad when I'm like, man, it's great. I love it. Uh, <laughs> but like he and I and my daughter and I have all, Really been looking forward to this as kind of a bonding experience. And mm. so far, it has been exactly that. It's been a really fun bonding experience with him.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That is super rewarding. Good time spent. It is. It's great. Great time spent. Awesome. Well, what's on your mind today?
1: You know, uh, we are just a couple of days before Thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, Tonight, my church has its big Thanksgiving dinner for all the folks who uh, are in our various programs. And so Thanksgiving is generally on my mind, as it is on a lot of our minds right now. But, you know, I want to think about the idea of gratitude, which I think is the heart behind all the Thanksgiving-y stuff, but... I want to figure out if there is something meaningful to be added to the spiritual life around the idea of gratitude, which I feel like requires a lot of digging through hallmarky kinds of Turkey shaped thoughts and, (laughs) and good manner kinds of things. I, I want to clear a path to what Gratitude is really all about, and then ask the honest Christian question, which I think is, is this actually important? And if so, how?
0: So you want to have the obligatory Thanksgiving podcast episode for Thanksgiving
1: week? I do. I do, because... This actually starts for me years ago as a topic that I've thought about for quite some time, but but I guess even before that, I would claim to be a not particularly grateful person. There are lots of great words that describe me. I am purposeful. I'm intentional. I am focused. I am disciplined. But I don't particularly feel like I am grateful, particularly in my relationship with God. And so this is something that I have not been good at. And I come to this conversation still not being particularly good at this, but thinking that surely something is missing in my relationship with God that could grow in this area. That's where I am starting from here. Where do you start from thinking about the topic of gratitude. I mean, you just implied a whole lot by <laughs> referring to gratitude as the um the, yeah, the obligatory the
0: obligatory topic this week. Topic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but so where are you at? Well, I I'm with
0: you. I don't know that I would characterize myself as particularly gifted in gratitude. But you also use the language of kind of maybe clearing the deck. I don't think this was your your exact words, but
1: That's what I was trying to say, and I couldn't remember the
0: idiom. So thank you. Okay, sure. Um, You know, clearing the deck is probably what you're going to spend this entire episode doing for me, because there's a lot of hallmark clutter in the way for me to get to the spiritual formation part of this, because I have to say the common practice around many homes where and all the family sitting around, we got a like massive feast sitting in front of us, and some well intentioned family member has to say, Okay, let's go around the table and say something we're grateful for. And I'm like, I actually would rather choke you. Um, but I just don't want to <laughs> do that. Like, it's so put on. It fe- I don't know. They mean it well intentioned. I can't receive it that way. I feel so like, Like, this is obligatory. Like, this is fake. And now we have to do, like, the hashtag blessed, hashtag thankful. I'm so thankful for my family. Like, who isn't? Uh, So, sorry, you're going to get a lot of attitude from me. we got to clear the deck before I can get to the spiritual Mm -hmm. formation part. Because I agree with you. I'm not excellent at this. But my want to is trapped behind the clutter.
1: Well, and I think that's a great place to start because I think that's, uh, when I was jotting down this idea, the words that came to mind about what I want involve the words organic and authentic. How can I cultivate a sense of gratitude that is organically connected to the rest of my life? How can I cultivate a sense of gratitude that is authentically connected to who I actually am as a human being, not who I'm supposed to be, not what the holiday requires of me? So I think at the end of the day, we are both interested in something that feels different from all of that clutter. But that raises, I think, the question, what is the clutter
0: I think there's two levels of clutter that I have to try to excavate. The first is the societal clutter. There's a lot of, and I, again, I don't want to dog on somebody who actually finds this meaningful. I understand that it is meaningful for others and that I am somehow broken in this, but the gratitude journals or the Gratitude lists or thankfulness journals or some of these things that I think people, the way I experience it sometimes is people are in some way flaunting their thankfulness because they keep a gratitude journal or they've somehow got it all together or they somehow have arrived at the Martha Stewart or the Joanne Gaines level of Got your life together that they can just sit back and enjoy the gratitude of it all. And I'm just not there. Like, my life resembles nothing like uh, those two uh, human beings. So I get the societal level with all of the trappings of gratitude and gratefulness and the show that goes into it. But then there's also the spiritual side of it, which has some clutter for me, which is the idea that I should feel gratitude. I think you used the word obligation or something to that effect earlier. And that's that should idea that we've always tried to steer away from on our podcast and that we react so negatively toward. I don't think should is a good reason to do something. And yet there is this sense of I should be more grateful. I should grow in my gratitude. So that's the source of my trappings. Is that similar for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to demonstrate the fact that I have taken, I believe it's five classes on preaching, I can alliterate this. Um, (laughs) I think you just said you don't like the fact that gratitude is sometimes showy and sometimes should.
0: There you go. And
1: those are the exact words you used. So you made it easy for me. I'm in
0: process. Someday I'll be as good a yeah. preacher as you.
1: Well, you know, and someday I will graduate to being able to come up with a third alliterative word, but right now i've I've only reached level two. <laughs> but I yes, when I think of gratitude from a an American culture perspective, what comes to mind are bright colors and simplistic modern kind of Instagrammy y perfection mm-hmm. that is some, I would say showy. Oh, I have my third one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is good stuff. I don't like when they're showy. I don't like when it feels like a should. But I also don't like, and this is the other part of the culture piece for me, when it feels syrupy. Oh, Um Yeah, And that really is the word I was going to use. Uh, I did not just throw that in there. The old word, I don't think we really use it much anymore, but maudlin captures a piece of this. For me to participate, often I would have to be inauthentic because the, like you said, if it works for somebody, great. If it helps you be grateful, wonderful. If that is meaningful to you, I'm thrilled about that. But I almost have to summon something up to be that emotive.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: And I certainly don't want to be saying, Hey, look at me and how grateful I am. It feels weird to me if I were to ever put this kind of thing on Facebook, Instagram, you know, it feels like praying on street corners kind of a thing. (laughs) Um, So is there anything else before we even move on anything else you'd add to the list of things we need to excavate?
0: No. And you know what's fascinating? When you first introduced this topic, I thought the entire episode was going to be me ragging on it. I just really didn't think I would get to the point that I'm about to describe. I feel like we've thoroughly excavated. Maybe somebody else doesn't feel this way, but I feel like we have touched on all the things that I'm not wanting to engage in. And I'm actually thoroughly prepared for like okay then what do we need to engage in i'm actually excited for the next phase of the conversation and i didn't think i would be
1: nice well and i think you ask a great question i'm laughing because some of our listener feedback has been that we 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 get incredibly excited about each other's questions a lot um (laughs) and (laughs) i'm just laughing because it's true um but I love good questions. My whole life is about good questions. And I think if those are the things we don't want, what do you want is a really important question. Yeah. So what do you want? What's the alternative?
0: The only time I have emotionally connected to the idea of gratitude was actually a few weeks ago in my spiritual formation class And I don't even remember what was said. It was way more profound than I'm about to expound on it. It was basically connected to a heart of worship and adoration and relationship with God. In other words, what is there to be grateful for? It's God. It's who he is, Mm -hmm. what he is doing, what a relationship with him means— It's a heart full of adoration and worship, and that is true gratefulness. That is true thankfulness, true gratitude. I'm much more drawn to that definition and that heart condition than any of the other stuff we just excavated.
1: Absolutely. Well, and and so I knew we were going to be talking about this because I wanted to talk about it, So I've had this rolling around in my head today. And so on the way home, I turned off the book that I was listening to. I drove for a couple of minutes and I asked myself the question, in this moment, what am I actually grateful for? To God. And I just sort of stayed in the present experience. I didn't want to remember things that happened yesterday that I'm great, I was grateful for. I didn't want to think about things that were not like, you know, I wasn't with my kids. So I'm not going to say, oh, I'm grateful for my kids. I don't want to, none of that. I am in a car at the tail end of fall, driving home. And I kind of just said to myself, I'm going to Stay in the present until I can find, until I note something I'm actually grateful for. And it was interesting. Three, four, five minutes went by of me just being okay in the moment. And it wasn't judgy. It wasn't like, man, I should be grateful for stuff. It was just, I'm curious to watch. What am I actually authentically grateful for? And there came a moment when I was driving past this a little tiny lake on the way home to my house and the water was perfectly still and it reflected the trees around it perfectly. Like you see sometimes in paintings and things. Mm. And I saw it for about a second and a half, but I was genuinely grateful for the opportunity to see that it is a spot on my drive that I am Frequently grateful for because it's exceptionally pretty. But I think what helped me at least was keeping it authentic and keeping it in the present.
0: Yeah, I have had similar experiences on my drive. There are certain times of the year when, well, actually, certain shifts that I've been on, or certain times of the year, or certain times that I'm driving home, or whatever, that I can see various natural phenomena. So sometimes the sunrise, sometimes the sunset, sometimes the moon is amazing, sometimes the stars are brilliant, sometimes the cloud is clouds are amazing, sometimes the fog is amazing. Sometimes an owl swoops down in front of me. Right? All of these things kind of give me a sense of wonder and there is I think an attitude of gratefulness that goes with a sense of wonder. And if we're talking about being in a moment and appreciating a moment for what it is, I'm much more drawn to that definition of gratitude than, as you say, trying to sit down and list things and in some abstract way just say, I'm thankful for my kids. Well, no, I'm thankful that my daughter told me this morning that she trusts me as her parent. I'm really thankful for that. That's a different thing than I'm just thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that I live in America, whatever else we tend to list.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think specificity counters some of the things we were talking about previously. And then the piece that I added on, I don't know that it's required, but it was good for me. Gratitude is inherently relational for me. Hmm. to sort of mentally turn to God and say thank you added to the experience of seeing that pond-like reflection. And I think that's the piece that is often missing for me. And it, it comes down to the piece of faith that is often missing, which is that God is present. To remember God as a present piece of my reality is so important, but yet uniquely challenging for me. Mm. So it was at least for me, and I'm not, again, not trying to be prescriptive here. I'm not saying it ought to be this way for everybody or for you in your moment or whatever. But to kind of mentally turn to God and just sort of gently say, thanks for the opportunity to see that, for making a world that's pretty because you could have done it another way. For this moment that you're in, and I'm in, and I'm glad.
0: I like that you added that because I think it has to translate into that relational moment. If you just have a heart full of wonder, that's a private experience. That's just your own warm and fuzzy. But to acknowledge that God is the author of that or that God has allowed you to be in that moment that is a relational thing. And I appreciate that you bring that in. I would add another layer of relationality to thankfulness that I think is also important. And that is not around the Thanksgiving table because I'm so averse to that, but the act throughout the year of showing appreciation for another person. To genuinely tell somebody, Mm. I am thankful for you because. And one of the things that I have seen shift in our vocabulary, I don't know if this is a West Coast thing or something you've experienced as well, but I think people used to say, oh, thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. People are now shifting toward, I appreciate you. And that change, I appreciate you. Has occasionally struck me as very meaningful, like oh wow, you you appreciate me for doing that. That's that's very nice. And then I'm realizing later, oh, that's just how people speak now. So maybe they didn't mean it as much as I thought they did. But it, I think it goes to show the need that we all have as humans to feel seen and appreciated for what we do or who we are, and so to go to another human that has. Affected you and say, I appreciate you because, wow, that's a deep level of connection that I think I could get behind with a a gratitude
1: practice. Mm. Yeah, well, and you know, the thing that I love that you're saying here that I think is interesting is that gratitude, if it's authentic to who we are, if we are building it in as a character trait, it will come out naturally, in all of our relationships, it will be the way we interact with people, whether that is God or somebody else. And I think that's a really good point. I can't get good at gratitude with God and not get good at gratitude with other people because it's the same relational skill set. And I'm either good at it or I'm not. (laughs)
0: It's funny to me how many times in our podcast, we have come back to this very basic, like, love God, love others. These are the two commandments. Like, it just seems like so much in our reflections comes back to that very thing. Like, you have this two way street.
1: I'm starting to suspect that the guy who identified those two things might have known a thing or two, but (laughs) I'm still on the fence.
0: Okay, well, you can stay on the fence. Uh, But yeah, no, you're exactly right. But it's it's fascinating still, even though, of course, Jesus said, everything boils down to this. It's amazing how often you come back around to it and you're like, oh yeah, no, everything boils down to this.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. As much as I was teasing, I, I... agree i was sensing us drawn to the great commandments and i was like oh welcome back old friends <laughs> thanks for joining us once again as the guests on our podcast
0: right i mean i i know i've we've said this before like we've literally invented nothing new here but yet it somehow feels new it feels like i'm actually more excited about Gratitude as a practice, a spiritual practice, not as a should, but as there's a sense of opening, a sense of broadness, a sense of connectedness that I'm really excited by, that none of that other stuff that we excavated earlier even came close to.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I'll, I'll throw this in as we think about being excited about gratitude. This is going to sound corny. But it was not corny to me in the experience of it. Okay. So I had this moment in the car earlier getting a, as I was kind of thinking about this episode. And then I get home and my dog, so I have a, an English setter and he is a hugger. He loves to jump up on his back paws, put his front two paws on your arm and hug your arm Uh, When he sees you. And it's super, super cute. Yeah. But nine times out of ten, I'm rushing in the door and I give him a quick hug and on I go about my business, whatever. This particular time, because I had shifted my spiritual posture, so to speak, when he came up and hugged me, I hugged him back and I was authentically grateful both to my dog and to god for hugging me like it felt more meaningful Hmm. because i was present for it right and i sort of somewhat sheepishly but somewhat honestly like whispered thank you to my dog and then to god because i appreciated it because he's great
0: yeah I think you hit on exactly what happens in me and why I've not paused to make gratitude a more present spiritual discipline in my life. And that is that I'm always pressing. You described the sense with which you rushed in the door and you're always on to the next thing. And that is me. I think we talked a little bit about my tendencies when we recorded the Enneagram episode, but I'm always striving, I'm always pushing, I'm always trying to perfect something, to do it all, and that's just how I live my life day to day, and it doesn't allow for those little pauses to just be grateful, to be in the moment, to, as you said, change your heart posture coming into a moment. That really illustrates it well for me
1: yeah it was it was an interesting moment for me that made me want more of this in my life, which was an interesting thing to go into this conversation, having just had like literally twenty minutes before we started talking. Well, that's
0: good, and I am shocked that I also want this in my life. I did not think we'd get there in this episode. I thought I'd be trapped behind the clutter the whole time,
1: so let's weave this into our Dallas Willard framework for discipleship. Where do we go from here? It's great to want something. Uh, I have wanted lots of stuff in my spiritual life and in my physical life, in my financial life, in my relational life. I've wanted all sorts of things. Uh, You know, I'm thinking back to Willard's vision, intention, means thing.
0: Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. You
1: know, like... Without crushing it into a heart-corrupting program, where do, what do we do? Well,
0: I think you're right with the vision, intention, and means. Willard does a great job of expressing how nothing actually gets done without those. And what this conversation has done for me is give me a broader vision for what gratitude can and maybe should, I hate the word, we'll just leave it at can, look like uh, in my life. And I am reluctant to move into intention and means too quickly because I want the vision to crystallize. Mm. I want to really fully grasp what this vision looks like. What do I want? What does this look like? Why am I drawn to certain things here? And I want to live with that a little bit and let that vision sink in. And then develop some intention and means later. I
1: don't know when later is, but does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think clearing the chaff out of the way is a valid step in spiritual growth. And then just enjoying, you know, this is the spiritual version of enjoying the moment when you just finished mowing the lawn.
0: Yeah. It just
1: looks good.
0: Yes. I'm enjoying this moment, but that's where I'm at. It doesn't necessarily mean that's where you are or should be. Do you have a different step that you're thinking?
1: You know, I am an over programmer. I will turn anything into next steps and I will actionize those next steps And I can actionize the spirit right out of things (laughs) if I'm not careful. But I do think the car is a good moment to be able to pause for me and just ask, what in the present moment am I grateful for? I think that was a practical thing that worked. And, you know, means has to do with. What do you have available to bring to the task? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things I can give to the task of cultivating gratitude is pausing in my car periodically. At this point, I'm not willing to go past when I think of it. But pausing periodically in my car just to say, to ask myself that question, to just hit pause on the book, I think is a good thing for me to practice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great first step. I think we talked about offline. We were talking about the Trinity episode and like, oh, is this going to be too theologically heavy for people who don't study theology? How do we communicate that? No, no, no. This is, it's okay. This, this is an okay first step. And I think what you've described is an okay first step toward growing in gratitude, pausing in the car whenever you think about it. Why not start there?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not too hard. It's not too complicated. It gives me a chance to connect with God in, in a way that it has been meaningful so far. And, of course, the thing for me will be to pay attention to, does that become too rote? Sure. You know, to not hold on. I am inclined to hold on to the method rather than the relationship. And uh, I need to just be attentive to that. But I think That's that is a good. different topic for a different day.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have Andy Stanley join us for that because we've got that kind of poll. Mm. But yeah. in the meantime, while we wait for Andy Stanley to return our call, I would love to hear from the audience and tell us how you connect with gratitude. Are you drowning in all the junk like I am or was, or do you have an established gratitude spiritual practice that you think would be valuable for us to consider? I would love to hear just how you interact with this topic and what it's meant in your own life. I would love to grow
1: because of what you have done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You know, today's post on Facebook and Instagram is about this topic and and let us know in the comments what you do and where I'm just even curious where people scale of one to 10, how grateful a person do you perceive yourself to be? But I'm also curious, you know, this is a topic I was bringing to the table, but uh, what else are you thinking about this week? Mm. You, Josh, not you, the audience. Well, you, the audience too, but not right now.
0: (laughs) Time and place, people, time and place. Um, Stop interrupting. so, So I am in the car listening to a book, That I've wanted to read for a long time. It's called In an Unspoken Voice by Peter Levine. And it is a book on trauma and healing from trauma and how trauma is stored in the body and how the body has this memory of what it wanted to do in a traumatic moment. And yet might have been thwarted because it maybe wasn't safe to do that or because they were physically restrained from doing that in some way. Whatever the case may be, the body had a reaction that it wanted to give in that moment. And that action was not completed. And that is part of how the trauma is stored in an individual, literally within the members of the body. So if you're in a car accident and your arm couldn't get all the way up in front of your face to defend your eyes, your arm still remembers that it wants to do that. So part of his trauma practice is really a body mindfulness idea where he allows the body to complete the incompleted action. And there's a lot of people that have found some health and healing from all of that. But here's what I'm struck by. Because, one, I just think his practice is absolutely fascinating, and the vignettes that he's sharing about the ways that this has helped various people is amazing, and it correlates with so much else that is going on in trauma therapy research. But what I find fascinating is the Bible's phrasing— fear and trembling there is an understanding even within scripture that these heightened emotional states have a physical response to them that there is this trembling in fact he was talking about the fact that a lot of clients himself included cuz he talked about a traumatic event that he had a lot of clients find that their muscles will involuntarily tremble or shake as they begin to recall what the body is wanting to do. And that trembling needs to be allowed to happen so that the body can complete the incompleted action. And I love the fact that the Bible is talking about fear and trembling. There is a sense that our bodies just have to quake, particularly, and I want to, I haven't checked this, but I suspect that most of the time that fear and trembling is stated in the Bible it's in the presence of God. There's something so overwhelming mm. to our emotions, to our psyche, to our minds that it literally quakes through our body to be in the presence of God. And that that is a good thing. That is our body telling us we're in the presence of God. We're this is more than our finite humanity can take. So I'm just linking his book with scripture, and it's really been a fun idea.
1: That's a fascinating intersection. Man, that just gets my mind spinning. That's really interesting. Yes,
0: yes, my mind is spinning on it too. I have nothing more to say because it's just going around in circles. But yes, spinning.
1: Yeah, which is what great thoughts are all about, right? I hope. I hope I have great thoughts. We'll find out. But what is your great thought? Oh, man. Well, I don't know if it's a great thought, but it's... um, Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned my wife's article that was coming out in Influence Magazine about pastors and mental health?
0: Yes. I read it, and I loved it.
1: Yeah. So it officially came out, and it's, like I said, in Influence Magazine, it's a great article distilling a research project involving almost a thousand pastors across the country in the Assemblies of God. She is just today launching with some peers a similar study within the Southern Baptist movement as a comparative study, so I'm super interested to see where that's going to go. But one thing that she... Put in her article, it's actually the pullout quote from her article in the print edition of it, that I just found absolutely fascinating. And here's what it says. It says, nearly four in 10 pastors had symptoms pointing to at least a mild level of depression, which is enough to meet the diagnostic criteria for a depressive disorder. In other words, when she was testing or or evaluating pastors, four out of ten qualified to be diagnosed as having depression. Forty percent. Hmm. That's really high.
0: And I can imagine it's only gotten higher since
1: the pandemic. So she did do this. One of the things I wanted to note was she did this research during the pandemic. So that is certainly a contributing factor on some level. She didn't do a similar study before the pandemic, so she can't say to what degree. But certainly that has to be contributing somehow. Yeah. But I just find it interesting. And again, wheel spinning It speaks to the heaviness of ministry. It speaks to the challenging nature of pastoral work. It speaks to the isolation that ministry often results in. It also speaks to the importance of caring for oneself and connecting with one another. You know, you said, again, offline, you said the other day, the heart of our podcast is seeing spiritual formation through the lens of spiritual friendship. Mm-hmm. And for leaders in particular, I think that f- spiritual friendship piece is wildly important because there's a lot of hurting going on, and yeah. it's okay to talk about it.
0: Right. You know, I loved your wife's article and I loved her doctoral research that I got to get a breakdown of shortly after she completed it. But my main takeaway from the article and from her research and all along has been this idea of spiritual friendship and how vital it is for pastors. Because I think she even touches in the article about the fact that pastors who have no close friendships are like exponentially more likely to have dissatisfaction in their job to have depression issues. And which I think is amazing. so fascinating. Not seek professional help. So there's a yeah, correlation that's, between that's the friendship
1: thing that, that I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah. So this, I've been sounding this drumbeat to anybody who will listen ever since If you're going to go into ministry, you have to have at least a good, close friend that is not in the church with you. That is essential. Her research shows that it's essential.
1: Yep, that's exactly right.
0: So if our listeners want to read this article, you said it's an Influence Magazine. What edition of Influence Magazine and what is the title?
1: Uh, It is the fall 2022 issue of Influence Magazine. InfluenceMagazine.com It's called Ministers and Mental Health The State of AG Pastors Today
0: Okay Great article Make sure you read it Make sure you pass it on To a pastor in your life Making sure that they have Good spiritual friendships And are willing to seek help When they need it Is vital Not only to their own health But to the health of the church So
1: this is big stuff So So Speaking of big stuff, by the way, we had a very important, theologically rich, which Josh question this week. And that question was, which Josh dog ears the pages in the books that he's reading? Yes. And the answer is. Neither one! Neither one! No way! absolutely not
0: this is if if you do this just turn off the podcast and don't come back like this you're it's you're not allowed this is a desecration to a book just find a bookmark a receipt anything else than to dog ear a book it's just not worth it people it shouldn't be done
1: you know i think you're being a bit uncharitable
0: i don't care
1: there should always be a way back if this is you Clearly you are sinning. Clearly you are making a hideous and horrible mistake, but you can repent. You don't have to turn the podcast off. Just write us a formal apology and we will let you listen again. It's okay. Yeah, Joshua Missouri will let you listen again. I'm going to hold it against you, so be careful. (laughs) I'll be honest. I am so uncomfortable marking books. I find it so distracting when books are marked up in any way, shape, or form. I do not write notes in my Bible. I do not highlight books. I do not dog-ear books. When I come to a book, I want a clear, clean, unmarked page. Or I do not want to see the book. I don't even like library books a lot of times. (laughs) Well, you've definitely taken it a little further
0: than I have. So maybe I should back off of my own judgment because I'm...
1: Because otherwise, you're going to know I'm judging you.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that deeply judgmental note, are we on for next week?
0: We sure are. I'm looking forward to it.
1: All right. I'll talk to you later.
0: Okay. Bye. Bye.